This is AutoLine This Week, the show that gets you inside the global automotive industry. AutoLine This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode. And now, here is your host, John McElroy. Thanks for joining us on AutoLine This Week. Today, the discussion is going to be all about Mazda, and that's because we've got the president of Mazda North America, Jeff Guyton, joining us today. Jeff, come on in here. Hello, and thanks for being on the show. Good morning, John. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to get into these things, but first, we have to bring a couple of my colleagues in. Chris Pockard, who's uh, with Roadshow by CNET. Hello there, Chris. Wonderful to be uh, back. Thank you. Yeah, and we've got Brian Armstead from AutoServe Road Gear. And hello, Brian. Good to have you on the show as well. Good to be back on, John. Thanks for having me. Jeff, we have a lot to talk about, uh, all about Mazda. I guess I'll kick it off. This is an easy one, but man, Mazda so far in 2020 is outperforming every other automaker in the market. Your sales are down, but your sales are down far, far less than any other automaker. As a result, you're picking up market share. And I guess my question is, what's going on here? Why are you doing less worse than everyone else? Well, thanks for the question and and this discussion. Um, You know, what's interesting to us, when we look at market share in Mazda, because we're modestly sized and we don't participate in the whole industry in the U.S., uh, when we look at our share, actually it's tempting to see it as something that's exploded after uh, the whole COVID crisis began. But we actually saw it beginning to trend uh, well at the end of last year, last calendar year. Uh, after the introduction of CX-30. And there are a number of factors, including CX-30, but we've seen a pretty steady upward trend uh, since then. Um, And we're really excited uh, first about CX-30, but also about the fact that uh, we have now completed more than 140 of our, we call them retail evolution uh, outlets. Um, And that's really changing the face of Mazda in the United States, both in terms of appearance and also customer experience. Um, Then coming out of the pandemic, we also uh, launched a partnership with Mazda Financial Services, which is powered by Toyota. Uh, And that's also making a big impact on our sales. So we see a pretty steady upward trend uh, for our share, uh, starting even before the pandemic. Well, I'll follow up on those questions then. Uh, it sounds to me that you're revamping your your dealer network and by tying up with Toyota Financial Services, you finally got some captive finance that, uh, that you can offer to your customers and probably your retailers in, uh, as well. Yes, indeed. I, I think, um, you know, many people wouldn't understand the change between a third party bank and a captive bank. Uh, and the difference is, on some res- in some respects, subtle. But if you if you're working with even a top line uh, third party bank, as we did uh, previously with Chase, um, you know, the bank comes to the table to make money for the bank and its shareholders, and they do that by selling cars with the OEM, uh, and that's great. But what happens once you are working with a captive, 
yes, the captive wants to make money too, but their first mission is to sell cars and by doing so, make money. And it's a very different way to come to market um, and it's much more of a partnership. And so far, uh, we're very impressed with what we've seen and so are our dealers and our customers for that matter. Jeff, you alluded to the fact that right now, uh, Mazda doesn't participate in the entire automotive market, and certainly it's been that way uh, for the duration. Do you feel like you've got the right-sized product portfolio right now, or are you looking to expand into other segments? Well, certainly, um, you know, when I, my comment really refers to uh, most obviously large pickup trucks, where uh, this is a huge part of the U.S. market that we're not really in, uh, or we're not in at all. Um, and, and we're not going to be, uh, but we are uh, looking to expand our lineup, certainly. And uh, the crossover product that you will eventually see from the new factory uh, that we're building in Alabama will be one extension. Uh, and we have some others uh, in the pipeline that we're, uh, that we're working on. Jeff, can you talk a little bit about uh, what retail evolution means, that whole concept? So, um, Retail evolution is not only an image program. I, most automakers have an image program where they ask dealers to, uh, to build uh, fancy stores and whatnot. But retail evolution is a couple of things. One, uh, yes, it is a beautiful facility that's designed around the customer. But um, one of the important things that uh, we're doing with that program is also to really package a great deal of training and brand training with that facility and also to build into the architecture of the facility a different process for customers both for sales and for service uh, which is much more let's say modern and um, uh, pleasant if you will and what that does is the training and the facility work together um, to provide a much better experience and actually we see that uh, in terms of customer experience for service, uh, tremendous results, and also an increasing level of loyalty and throughput for the dealers who are operating those stores. So we're on track for uh, 300 or more of those facilities uh, in a couple of years time, which should be selling 80% or more of all the new Mazdas in the US Right now, we've got 141 of them completed, um, and we're adding five to eight more uh, outlets every single month. Now, Jeff, I'd like to go back to your, your product uh, uh, statement there that you're not going to get into full-size pickups. But Mazda, historically, in the U.S. market, has had a mid-size pickup. Any thoughts getting into that segment? Well, you know, uh, for many years, we've had a a very uh, good offering in Asia uh, from our plant in Thailand, still do, um, now with uh, the next generation of B-Series pickup, uh, but we're not planning to bring that to the U.S. Yeah, why not? I mean, given the uh, the, the off-road craze that Americans seem to be going through, you know, a mid-size pickup, a compact pickup would be, you know, a tuner's delight particularly with, um, you know, with Mazda or Toyota lineage, you know, um, think of Bronco and, and the big success of Jeep and the Gladiator. Everybody seems to want 
this off-road cred, even if they never take their vehicles off-road, and a compact pickup would certainly, um, you know, fit that bill if you were to, to have special editions of such. Why, why miss out on such a lucrative market here, Jeff? Well, you know, we're uh, we are a modestly sized business, and I think I think we can do anything. We just can't do everything. I see. Uh, so we're going to focus for the time being on uh, on our crossover lineup, which is which is doing remarkably well. Mazda's been pushing up market some, trying to enhance its image and go to a more premium uh, product and also customer. I was wondering if you could characterize how that's going, uh, if you're looking at higher average transaction prices, uh, if your customers uh, are walking in and they're, you know, um, higher credit levels and, and that sort of thing, if you could talk to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. So in terms of uh, product, what we are, what we were seeing is, um, you know, we brought out the Mazda three last year, uh, last last spring, spring of 2019, and many people were critical about the volume of that product at the time because, in years gone by, Mazda three was a huge seller for our brand, uh, and much more modest volume now, but actually, uh, we brought that vehicle out with a starting price around twenty thousand dollars. And that's a bit too high as an entry-level product uh, in the U.S. market. What's interesting about Mazda 3, when you look at the, our share at different price points, by the time we got to a $25,000 level or so uh, and above, which uh, actually there's not so many people buying there, but Mazda was getting 10% of that market. So the interesting thing is that our strategy to bring in people who want to buy towards the top end of the segment uh, is working. And now what we're doing with the introduction of Mazda 3 Turbo is to give an even more compelling reason uh, to buy Mazda at the, let's say, the top end. Um, that, interestingly, the volume problem on, on C cars is the industry. But as we look now taking that technology to CX-30. Um, CX-30 has been steadily improving its share since our, our launch uh, late last year, and we had our best month ever uh, for CX-30 sales uh, in July. So I think our, the progression is working, and, uh, and we see uh, quite some transition for the brand. Jeff, you ran Mazda in Europe for a number of years. Uh, Mazda does very well in Europe. It, I, my guess is, you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, that it's perceived as a more premium brand there than it is here. But I, I guess that's a long way of just asking you, were there lessons learned in Europe that uh, were successful that you can translate to the U.S. market? Well, we're, quite, we're always proud uh, uh, historically of being able to say that um, Mazda was one of the few brands whose market share in Germany was higher than the average share we held in Europe. Um, partly because our R&D focus, uh, our R&D center sits in Germany and we're very uh, focused on uh, German premium brands and you know how they performed in that market. Um, but I think the, the important thing that we had in Europe, which is coming to the US, uh, is really engaged operators who are keen to provide a great experience to customers. And while that has certainly been true in the U.S. to some extent, uh, back to the retail evolution concept, 
we are bringing that now to the U.S. Uh, with great force. Jeff, can you talk a little bit about the Koreans, the South Koreans? They're coming on like gangbusters, Hyundai and Kia. Uh, I was in the Kia 5 yesterday, a pair of them, actually. They brought a pair for me to test drive over a 24-hour period. Sensational small, uh, sensational mid-sized uh, sedans. What, what kind of heat is Kia bringing to Mazda, and what are you going to do about it? Well, um, I wouldn't care to talk too much about others' products, uh, but what I can say is that um, we have relatively limited cross-shop with some of those brands. Um, certainly in some segments we do, but generally speaking, relatively limited cross-shop. So Mazda is, you know, we're playing our own game. Um, we're one of the few brands that's growing currently, and that uh, uh, Mazda 3 Turbo and some other products you'll be seeing will be bringing more share to Mazda in the future. But to uh, talk about, just real quick, Chris, you talk about, you know, continuing to grow the brand in a premium fashion. And I hate to have my shovel out dig, digging for details here, but will we see a Mazda 7 or a, um, another rebirth of um, a Mazda rotary-powered sports car to compete with Supra and some of the other hot hatches that are coming, that, you know, that are on the market now? Can you share any of that with us? Well, what I can say is, of course, we have talked about uh, recently uh, a, uh, a larger platform with uh, inline powertrains, uh, and clearly those are going to bring uh, potentially larger vehicles to our lineup, uh, more power to our lineup, which is the vector that we want to go uh, towards a more premium uh, and the, the more premium end of the market. Jeff, you alluded to the new Mazda 3 Turbo. Um, there was a lot of uh, idle internet chatter for a long time about this possibly being a new Mazda Speed 3. That uh, sub-brand has been dormant for an awfully long time. Is it dead or will we see it uh, crop up in the future? Well, I would put it this way. Um, as, as luck would have it, I was able to drive uh, the Mazda 3 Turbo yesterday here in California, um, which is sort of the final sign-off prototype uh, before we begin mass production. And uh, that car is uh, tremendous. And uh, some of our engineers in Japan have told me they think, in terms of balance and excitement, uh, it's the best, perhaps the best car we've ever made. Um, now, it is not a, uh, a pocket rocket, hot hatch car. It is a much more uh, grown up and very well balanced product, but with a lot of torque and a lot of excitement. So I think it's different than the Mazda 3 speed uh, jackhammer that we had years ago, uh, which is fun. But uh, this, is, this is a much more refined uh, and balanced product that I think will uh, really suit the buyers that we're going for. Jeff, uh, Mazda is working with Toyota, building a new assembly plant in the United States. That's going to bring a lot of potential volume to the Mazda brand. Uh, if I read it right, you're going to be allotted 150,000 units of production a year out of that plant. Uh, your total sales in the U.S. in a really good year are roughly 300,000. Are you just going to move that much more production from Japan to the U.S.? I mean, right now, the only product in your line that would support that volume is the CX-5. Or do you have something new coming that you think is just going to sell that much more? Well, we are clearly out of uh, 
out of Alabama, we are certainly looking to grow our business in the United States. There's no question about that. Um, and uh, we think that the confluence of our the new product that we're bringing, the retail evolution network that we will have in place uh, over the next 18 months, and have already got about halfway done, um, the uh, new financial services arm that we've put in place, and, and, and will give us uh, a solid leg up in terms of uh, growing our share in the U.S. Mazda's always done more with less. You have fewer platforms, fewer engines. You've basically got one transmission uh, at this point, and you've done you've done a remarkable amount with a very little. Um, is that something that's harder to do when you start yoking yourself to Toyota a bit more, or uh, expanding your product for portfolio while moving up market? Well, interestingly, um, I think the 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 joint work with Toyota is um, uh, quite a, an interesting dynamic because part of what I think attracted Toyota to Mazda is the fact that we get so much done with so little. Um, and if, if Toyota can have a little of that, that's wonderful. And if Mazda can share a little bit of the tremendous capabilities and, and wealth of technology that Toyota has, that's a tremendous opportunity for Mazda. So it's an it's a very interesting um, uh, partnership, if you will. And when I visited Alabama um, not so long ago, there was a they took me through uh, their so-called war room, uh, where we're building up each the processes in each one of the uh, manufacturing departments, whether it's paint or trim and final or stamping and so forth. And in each one of those departments, there's a bit of paper on the wall that says, okay, here are the key eight or 10 technologies that we are using in this department of the plant. And here are the ones which are, uh, we borrowed from Toyota, here are the ones we borrowed from Mazda, and here are the ones which uh, our manufacturing engineers from both companies working together have come up with something new. Um, and it's an interesting blend of all these Mazda and Toyota uh, technologies um, that are creating something uh, brand new and hopefully state-of-the-art for that uh, manufacturing facility. Jeff, can you talk a little bit, please, about uh, the whole COVID-19 experience from the corporate level in terms of you know, safety protocols that you've taken at your, at your factories, but most importantly, safety protocols that you've taken at your stores to keep your, your consumers um, protected as you continue to grow market share, even um, in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah, certainly. So um, that has been one of the uh, highest priorities. I guess any anyone you talk to would say that. But that has been one of the highest priorities for uh, our business. Um, we are, to some extent, blessed that Japan has been very aggressive in containing the virus and even of late, while there have been some, there's some escalation, unfortunately, in uh, the Tokyo area, um, way out in Western Japan, where we are, cases are uh, thankfully very, very low. Um, nonetheless, uh, we have enacted all of the distancing and the masks were pretty common in Japan anyway. 
Right. We have we have uh, enabled people to to safely distance in the factory uh, and also uh, made time in our work schedule for cleaning and and so and disinfecting and so forth. On the dealer side, uh, it is very similar in terms of um, making sure that we have the ability to do uh, where we're allowed to be open for uh, for sales and so forth to make contactless delivery to do uh, enhanced car cleanings um, for customers so that uh, uh, we've disinfected vehicles that we've been into service and so forth. And we've provided those uh, guidelines to our dealers in terms of how to properly disinfect a vehicle and what chemicals to use that are safe for the car um, so that there's no damage to the vehicle, but also it's disinfected and so forth. One of the other trends that, of course, is out there is uh, allowing customers to interact digitally with dealers and get uh, get home delivery or make the deal from home and so forth and have limited contact uh, personally uh, with dealer staff. And we have worked quite hard to enable our dealers to, uh, to do that. Um, we advanced our uh, digital sales capabilities um, I would say quite ahead of our desired schedule or our intended schedule uh, to make that technology available to our dealer network uh, on mass so that that could uh, take place. And, and very Jeff, quickly, just, just one real quick, John, um, yeah. has Mazda done anything in the community uh, philanthropically to support the COVID-19 effort? Yes. Thank you for, uh, for asking that. I, I mentioned, um, didn't give justice to our enhanced car care program, uh, which was um, actually offering to healthcare workers, uh, no matter what kind of car they drove, to bring it to Mazda for a free oil change and a free uh, enhanced cleaning, essentially disinfecting the high touch surfaces of the car. Uh, we did that uh, for free, no matter what brand you had. Um, uh, more than 50,000 people came. Um, and uh, so who knows what the future evolution of that will be, but it's uh, certainly something where we felt very strongly we wanted to give back to uh, those people who are on the front lines taking care of all of us. I'd like to build on Brian's question there. Uh, and get your thoughts on COVID as it impacts the workplace where you're at, because I've talked to some executives who have told me they're amazed at how much work has gotten done with people staying from home. In fact, uh, you know, we had Hao Tai Tang from Ford. He says their, their productivity has actually gone up. But when I interviewed Tom Dahl from Subaru, he said, you know, I want everybody back in the office because some of our best uh, uh, ideas come from a casual conversation in the hallway or over a cup of coffee. What are your thoughts? Let people stay home or you want them all back? Uh, I think, I think uh, both are right. Um, and in fact, in our business, um, I would say we have seen improvements in productivity and we are quite lucky to have organized ourselves technologically over the last couple of years to be able to run basically the whole business uh, remotely. So when we first started uh, the lockdown in the middle of March, you know, that's the end of our fiscal year at the end of March. And I'm like, you know, 
can we really close the books? Everything can be done remotely. You, you're all set. And uh, yes, no, no problems. Um, but this point about, you know, meeting up at the lunchroom or the coffee machine or whatever, and those sorts of collisions that uh, yield uh, creativity and new ideas. Um, I've actually written to our staff to say, I personally miss that. And so um, virtually, can we, can we meet? Please write to me. Please, uh, let's set up 30 minutes. I'll find time um, for anybody who wants to talk because I miss that. And um, so I have talked over the last couple of months to maybe more than 50 of our people in this way, uh, sharing ideas and so forth. And I, I'm basically uh, hoping that that rolls out to, uh, to the rest of our organization so that those kinds of collisions, let's say, uh, continue even when we're in this remote working environment. Jeff, you talk about the importance of digitizing your business on the corporate side. Uh, you talked about in terms of sales, F&I, uh, and the buying experience. Uh, one thing we haven't heard much about, though, is the digitization um, and the connectivity in your vehicles themselves. Um, you're not quite at uh, full OTA for your vehicles, um, and we're, we've been waiting for a new generation of infotainment system. Can you talk about that a little bit? And we'll, and we'll need uh, a quick answer. We're down to the very end here. Okay, sorry. Uh, we, we introduced our first connected vehicles with the Mazda 3 and CX-30, or I should say CX-30, and now we're backcasting that into uh, all of the current generation of Mazda 3s uh, for all of those customers. Um, I think it's an extremely important uh, element to improve loyalty going forward and create a connection with customers. We're not trying at this stage to monetize that as some manufacturers are, but the focus is more about building a relationship with customers and getting a connection with our brand. And with that, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up. Jeff Guyton, president of Mazda North America, thank you so much for joining us on today's I really show. enjoyed talking to all of you. Thank you. Yeah. Brian and Chris, great having the both of you on board as well. Real quick, shout out to Dan Ryan from your Mazda DC office. He was in a bad car wreck. He's on the men. Uh, go, go Dan. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. Go down. Yeah. Thanks for that. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. AutoLine This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode.